Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic podcast number 294, December 30th, 2019. It was 51 degrees on this day in 2004, and it was 20 below in 1973 because those early 70s, they were cold. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Uh, as the decade winds down, and as this year winds down, we learn of this extraordinary accomplishment of six guys who rowed a boat, R-O-W-E-D, who rowed a boat uh, across the Drake Passage, which is the bottom of South America to the tip of Antarctica. Unbelievable. And we learned that one of the fellows on the team is named Andrew Town, uh, and he's listed here as being of Minneapolis. And we found a Facebook connection, and we... We found a number of ways to try to reach him. We've been unsuccessful. Yeah, We've he, left messages. He practices law here in mm-hmm. Minneapolis. I believe he's originally from Grand Forks. But uh, it was uh, a guy named Colin O'Brady, 34, of Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And it was uh, Fian Paul of Reykjavik, Iceland, Cameron Bellamy of Cape Town, South Africa, Andrew Town of Minneapolis, John Peterson of Oakland, California, and uh, got another guy named uh, Jamie Douglas Hamilton of Edinburgh, Scotland. And these are, these are some people that, that they have to put them in wheelbarrows. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, because they encountered, this is apparently the worst uh, uh, treacherous sea uh, you, can, you can encounter on Earth. No one's ever rode it before. And uh, I'm looking at a picture, and among the many questions I would have for town is, how often were you submerged? I mean... That appears that yeah. they're rowing, but they're swamped. Well, the boat a, is swamped. A big swell between the camera and uh, them. And they must have had a chase boat, right? No, they said it was unassisted. Well, well, well thought, that, who took the photo? Well, <laughs> good point. Good point. Not only that, but a documentary is going to be made of it, uh, and it'll be released, a full-length documentary by the Discovery Channel, which suggests to me that uh, they certainly were followed in some degree, uh, either by a ship or a helicopter. <laughs> So it got all, got all filmed. Or was it drone? Whatever. It got filmed. They dodge iceberg, uh, icebergs, uh, giant whales. Oh, my God. I see it in color right now, the picture that you have. They rode, uh, they, rode, uh, are they, uh, uh, they rode on top of building-sized waves. Oh. They had to row 24 hours a day. In shifts. They could never yeah. let go of the oar. And that just fascinates me. They're was, all, they're, this Andrew Town guy has climbed the tallest mountain on every continent in the world. Wow. I want to know your first, very first initial reaction when you saw the headline and started reading the story, if it was the same as mine. I thought of Shackleton. Did you think it was a cool, good, fun idea, or were you like, I, I, I found myself turning into my grandma, why, you dumbbells, what are you thinking? And then I kept reading on, and I'm just in awe of these well, they're, guys. Well, they're, they're adventurers. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're fit, and they train for these things, and it's just amazing. It's never been done before. Uh, so three men would row for 90 minutes while the others rested. Yeah. 
Now, the Drake Passage is named for Sir Francis, Sir Francis Drake. It's the body of water between South America's Cape Horn, Chile, and the South Shetland Islands of Antarctica. It connects the southwestern part of the Atlantic Ocean with the southeastern part of the Pacific Ocean and extends into the Southern Ocean. The passage receives its English language name from the 16th century English privateer Sir Francis Drake. Drake's only remaining ship, after having passed through the Straits of Magellan, was blown far south in September 1578. The incident implied an open connection between the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans. Uh, Half a century earlier, after a gale had pushed them south from the entrance of the Strait of Magellan, the crew of the Spanish navigator Francisco de Hoses thought they saw a land's end and possibly inferred this passage in 1525. For this reason, some Spanish and Latin American historians uh, call it Mark de Hoses after Francisco de Hoses. The first recorded voyage uh, through the passage was that of the Endracht, captained by Dutch navigator Wilhelm Schouten. In 1616, and he named Cape Horn in the progress. It's a 500-mile-wide passage. Isn't Cape Horn and, and the area south of there known to be the most raucous part of all of our oceans? Yes, yes. It's, yeah, it's a real tough uh, cr- crossing or around that horn. It's really tough. But you, you really do have to be an adventurer to sit around and say, <clears throat> I got an idea. Yeah, right. Let's, let's row a boat through the Drake Passage. And they did it. And one of the main risks being, if they do capsize, I read they got two to five minutes. Yep. And in your toast. But, but but they appear to be in the water. It, the, the the boat appears to have settled. I, I can't see from this one picture. Well, here's the. Here's I can't one. learn a lot. This one from the side. Uh, that's the same picture. This one was from end to end. So it is an open boat. But there would they would constantly be taking on water. It right. does look like you can crawl inside of it though, up in the bow. That's where and two then, guys would sleep shoulder to shoulder, and one would sleep in the fetal up. position. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my hats off to them. I, I'm still a, I'm still believe that Shackleton wow. pulled off the greatest miracle of all time. Yeah, surviving a, yeah. Uh, in a rowboat, basically not yeah. that's not a high tech rowboat like this. Right. An old piece of junk. But he didn't have any choice. No, he didn't have any choice. But more power to these guys. I hope we can reach this fellow, or he reaches us at some point. We put out the Twitter call yeah. and the whole deal, and uh, congratulations to them. Joe, when they were building the Central and Union Pacific, they would routinely take uh, train engines and cars around Cape Horn, yeah. and uh, there was always a good 50-50 chance that, you know, they weren't going to make it. Man alive. You know, I was thinking of a way maybe in 2020 for the show to kind of grow and for us to be come closer together. Oh. Maybe we should take on a project like that, the yeah. five of us. We couldn't roll across Lake Phelan. <laughs> I see just a, a circle. We just would go in a circle. Like the, the dead. <laughs> yeah. I would stand on shore and shoot fireworks right. at you idiots. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man alive. It's warm in here. No, no, it's not yeah. warm enough in here. No, it's warm. It's it's warm. Right. I'm going to get you a shawl. Yes. You know shawl. why you need the Second Amendment? Yep. Yeah. So a good guy in church can take out the bad guy in about uh-huh. 2.1 seconds. I saw that, and he's not getting the uh, props he should be getting. He's a retired FBI agent, ex-FBI agent. I want that guy at my church. I want to go to church with him. The ex-FBI agent who jumped into action when a gunman opened fire on worshipers during a church service in Texas said today he was placed in a position he didn't want to be in but had to react because evil exists. Yep. There's evil mm-hmm. in the world. Yep. 
Two men were killed when the gunman opened fire at West Freeway Church of Christ in White Settlement on Saturday, on Sunday morning, after more as more than 240 parishioners were inside. Within seconds, he was shot to death by two congregants who fired back. Jack Wilson, a Hood County resident running for commissioner for Precinct 3, who was the head of the church's security team, shared some details uh, as he gave thanks to all who spent their prayers and comments on the events of today. Uh, the events at West Freeway Church of Christ put me in a position that I would hope no one would have to be in, but evil exists, and I had to take out an active shooter in church. I'm thankful to God that I have been blessed with the ability and desire to serve him in the role of head of security of the church. Uh, the guy shot at a moving head, uh, you know, and nailed him, and, and it's Jack Wilson. Uh, he said he had to take out the active shooter. Uh, the gunman is yet to be identified. A live stream of the church service shows the gunman getting up from a pew and talking to someone at the back of the church before pulling out a gun and opening fire. Parishioners can then be heard screaming and seen ducking under pews or running. Uh, And all this time, uh, in this still frame from the live stream video provided by law enforcement, churchgoers take cover while a congregant armed with a handgun engages a man who opened fire. And you can see him take him out. It's just... Got and that's not a shot that uh, 95% of us walking around could uh, could take. We all learn to shoot at central mass. Yeah. Uh, and I know a lot of you guys say, well, shoot him, shoot him in the leg or shoot the firearm yeah. out of his head or, or shoot him in the head. This ain't the movies. It's, uh, you know, that FBI guy probably has shot hundreds of thousands of rounds at the range, mm-hmm. you know. Well, he was an expert. He's a marksman. Right. I, I want a marksman in my church. Right. You know, that's the thought I yeah. had, Joe. Is are we going to get to the point? You know, and you mentioned security at this church. Are we going to get to the point like we have in schools where there's just going to be well, liaison officers? It was that, in Texas, so you know, open carry in right. church. Yeah. Well, at the synagogue in Edgecombe, they've got a security guard there. Do they? Yeah, uh, on the weekends yeah. or during, you know. I temple. wouldn't blame them. Don't you find yourself? In certain situations, eyeballing the room you're in? I always do. Always. No. Yeah. Yes. Never used to. Never sure used to. But now. even in church. I, yeah. I never have not eyeballed the yeah. room. I've always been a parent. I mean, I went to weirdo. Christmas Eve Mass at 4 o'clock. I don't think anybody was carrying. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you had your escape plan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As did I on Christmas I, Eve with my family. I, I have a, I have a yes. route. I have a route here. I like to keep my eye on the door. Make a move. Like Wild Bill. Remember what Wild Bill, what happened to him when he turned his back to the door. That's right. Never turn your back to the door. That treacherous Jack, what was his name? uh, Whatever. Something with an M. Say, this is great. Uh, Tim writes, on Thursday's podcast, you discussed an article from a website called Salon that claimed traditional Christmas movies promote fascism. I am sad to report to you that uh, you may not be able to enjoy such charming and uplifting articles from the Salon much longer. Salon Media Group is a publicly traded company that has apparently fallen on hard times. A couple of years ago, it was evicted from its Manhattan offices because it owed over ninety grand in back rent. Since then, shareholders in this left-wing company have lost virtually everything they invested. At one time, its stock traded as high as $302, but today it trades at just $0.5 cents per share. And the Securities and Exchange Commission has posted a warning to investors that this company has not released any audited financial results for over a year. It's a shame that such a positive website couldn't attract enough readers to keep it afloat. I guess the salon is indeed a very elite club. And on that note, uh, today in the Star Tribune, there's a, it was an editorial cartoon 
uh, that's put together by L.K. Hansen. He finds something from history or she finds something from history. I don't know L.K. Hansen. And today it reads, shallow men speak of the past, wise men of the present, and fools of the future. And that's a, a quote by Marie Anne de Vichy Champagne, who lived between 1697 and 1780. And she uh, is known as a French salonnière and patron of the arts. So this was the period when, when the... Uh, when the when the the elites of the day retired to, literally to a physical salon, and then uh, gave the peons their yes. views of the world, their tea and, <laughs> and, uh, and now we see that happening in in politics. The closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, right. these people are essentially ruling from the salon, and it has nothing to do with the basics of running a city. Mm-hmm. Uh, latest example is that uh, in St. Paul's kicking off a. Uh, a program that for every kid born beginning uh, midnight tomorrow night gets 50 bucks placed in a college savings account that'll be worth about $51 in about 30 years from <laughs> right. now. Because they're, they're rejecting, uh, the city is rejecting a, a 529 plan, which would have really resulted in this money being turned into something. Because, because you can't use the 529 plan because they also want the 50 bucks to go to illegal uh, so, aliens. The city? What? It's, See, all, it's, it's, it's no, pr- pretty much private money. Th- oh, it's, it's, okay. it's pretty much private money. But uh, I, I, Well, I was wondering, uh, how, how's it going with the ice ruts? Uh, and they're not good. The, uh, <laughs> we're going to fill them with hope. But this was this was another example. <laughs> yeah, it's good, man. This was another example of uh, Carter uh, expanding his. Ca- this brings on four more people who probably makes a hundred k a year wow. in full benefits to run this thing. It's just, uh, uh, oh, man. It, it's just it's just amazing. We we didn't elect a mayor uh, to start college savings funds kids even uh kids who are here illegally are going to be entitled to it and uh think of the kid that's born at 11 55 yeah. dang they it the, they don't get the 55 where's my 50 think bucks? of the kid that doesn't really know how it works and when he says after high school i'm not going to college i'm gonna go get my 50 and like yeah. no it doesn't i want all that of that no and then they, apparently you can uh, earn more by checking the website and doing these basic things that Who's just, administrating this? I mean the city of St. Paul. Oh, well, there's costs involved there. What did so. I just tell you? It yeah, brings on not, five more people oh, at 100 grand five a year. Five isn't enough. We yeah. need 15 because <laughs> yeah. those people need to take vacations. <laughs> That's, right. Yeah, That's right. That's right. Yeah. No. It's B as in B, S as in S. But we're stuck with it. Oh yeah. Uh today I didn't see a single truck out in St. Paul, sanding, salting, plowing, anything, nothing. I did. At at St. Paul? At 5.15 a.m. I, I saw Hennepin County. Well, and, I'm, I'm and, talking St. Paul. And just calm down. No, I want the information down. I want it as fast as I can get it. As soon as I crossed what you like to call the Marshall Bridge, which is actually the Lake Street Bridge. No, I call it Lake Street Bridge. And I, I hung a left there, and whatever that is, that street there. That's I, Otis. I saw, yeah, I saw a St. Paul truck. Good. Yep. Good. Uh, if we get a significant snowfall, I don't know how they can plow the residential streets because the plow blades will shatter when they encounter these ice ridges and moguls. Yeah, yeah right. They'll just crack apart. <laughs> the recoil on those poor drivers that are going to go, whoa. <laughs> I like Matt's line. Let's fill them with hope. Yeah. Fill them with hope. That's what we should do. That's what we should do. Geez, I got a lot of good stuff today. Pat a lot of good Garrett stuff. shot Billy the Kid. No, no, Jack, Jack McCall shot Wild Bill Hickok. Oh, I thought you said Billy the Kid. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you!
Through the magic of the Google Google Map Street View, I was able to find the GL Road intersection on I-80 in Wyoming that Reavers saw in his epic journey. As Chris said, it was at mile marker 156 near Rawlings. You can see from the photos it isn't much of a road. To the north, it looks like a dirt road leading onto a ranch with cattle guards and a gate. To the south, it is even less of a dirt road, also sporting cattle guards accessing the nearby Union Pacific Main Line, probably used for maintenance purposes. You know the signs out there, what they say in the freeway, ranch access only. Sorry to burst your bubble, Mayor. This revelation is in keeping with the GL tradition of getting excited about something potentially wonderful, then finding out it's much less than expected. (laughs) Yes. Yes. After all, we wouldn't want to break with GL convention. (laughs) I'd like to imagine the GL dirt road leading up to a great old farm garage, one filled with the smell of spent gasoline, oil-stained garage wood, classic wooden boats, hot rods, and old motorcycles. On one side, you can see sunlight filtering in through a dirt and cobweb-covered window. Remember the fellow that converted that old railroad building years ago out west in New Mexico, I believe? No, it was in uh, uh, Winslow, Arizona. Yeah, Winslow. Uh, maybe Greg Holcomb could create that image in a future GL artwork. Always pushing back. Proud member of the Royal Order of the 21sters, Mike in Duluth, now wintering in Phoenix. I'm glad that, because a couple of people did send in the photos, the Google Earth so photos Mike. of it. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's not much of a road. No. Well, but I couldn't <laughs> see what it was because I drove by it at night or when it was dark But it's outside. so cool just seeing that ranch access oh, only yeah. sign. And you get off the off-ramp, and it's a gravel road right there that just leads over the hills yep. somewhere. And you never do see the ranch. Well, you know what you'd need. You'd need something from EcoFun to get in there. Mm. Maybe an ATV, side-by-side, scooter, big, fat, tired electric bike, one of the kids' ATVs. Because you're going to encounter some terrain out there on GL Road. I'm talking about the stuff available at EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake, including 10 different youth models of ATVs. This is fantastic, but winter's here. So you might as well look at the Yamaha snowmobiles and ATVs and side-by-sides and take advantage of the great year-end prices, 100 bucks off all electric bikes. Uh, 100 bucks off all scooters in stock. Tuck that baby at that scooter away till next spring. Then turn your errands into adventures. This is EcoFun Motorsports. Full uh, service, clothing, helmet, uh, you name it. They've got you covered, and it's great, great entertainment. EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake on Highway 61. Dear Joe and the gang. Hail, Hail. you. Hail. Yeah, you say that. <laughs> what? Dear Joe and the gang. Hi. 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 I was so glad to have come upon the GL podcast this summer after leaving Roseville, Minnesota in 2009 and moving to live in the mountains of Colorado. Our town is so small, our mayor is a dog. We bought a cabin at an elevation of 9,300 feet on the backside of Pikes Peak where we enjoy hiking, whitewater rafting, skiing, and ATV adventures and camping with our kids and grandchildren. Get this. This is Every, heaven. Oh, you should see the pictures. I, I have them here, and I will show them to you. Every New Year's Eve, I think of you and have wanted to share one of the best fireworks events ever, and now I can. The Ad Am and Club began in 1922. These folks hike up Pikes Peak beginning December 30th. They arrive on the peak the 31st and set up the fireworks, and the big show is at midnight. I've included the website that tells their history. One of their climbers this year is doing his 50th New Year's climb. These are hardcore climbers. And then she says, here are summer and winter photos of our backyard in their uh, 
And she has a hubby, the grill master, drools. My hubby, the grill master, general, drools over the Grundhofer meat commercials and wishes they could ship to us. There's her uh, summer and winter views. Oh, that's cool. my oh. word. But I, re- I remember wow. this name, Rook. <clears throat> Hillavy. Hillavy Peterson. Hillavy. 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 Hillavy Peterson. She was a longtime uh, GL radio listener, and now, uh, thank God, she's found us again. Does her family call her Hilly, I suppose? Hillavy. I Hillavy. remember Hillavy. I remember correspondence from Hillavy. Hillavy Peterson. She's living uh, She's, she's living, living the dream now, huh? Yeah. I knew Matthew, that would... uh, who founded uh, Pike's Peak, Matthew? Uh, Mr. Pike. And what else is he known for, Mr. Pike? Uh, Mr. Pike is known for his great gym class because the gym teacher at, uh, at Nativity is Mr. Pike. He's our guy right there. He's our Yesterday guy. in the um, St. Paul Obits. Here was, is, hang on, Joe. This is Hillavy. Garage Harmony, baby. That's no. not Hillavy. Yeah. No, I know who that is. That You think that's Hillavy? This is this is Stephanie. Well, you can leave that running, baby. Oh, yeah? That, and this is Hillavy from years back. Garage Harmony, baby. Oh, no yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. In the uh, St. Paul obits yesterday, yes. there was it was a guy named Cripe, C-R-I-P-E. Oh, Cripe. Last name's sake. And a, win, uh, and a woman named Quitter, Q-U-I-T-T-E-R. Really? Wow. Cripe and Quitter. Yeah. Oh, Cripe. Oh, Cripe. Yeah, God rest your soul. You think souls. he heard that, or they heard that at all? I bet he did. Yeah. I bet they yeah. did. Uh, and the 14 kids I sent to the uh, Timberwolves Cavaliers game on Saturday night, they did not get my money's worth. But <laughs> oompoom. <laughs> but oompoom boom. We'll be back in shortly. Here's a man who has a mouse that doesn't work. <laughs> Joe Suchere. We'll, we'll figure it out. The mouse is... Uh, Dead. Does that Must look like it's missing a part? Oh, no, it looks like you're missing your Zebuliner. Yep. Uh, Ruger 1022 Carbine Semi Auto. Carbine. Carbine. All right. We, that's how we say it up in the up in the uh, prairie. Carbine. Uh, I'm Zebulon Pike, by the way, uh, and you'll find a pretty nice price on that Ruger 1022 at dkmags.com. They're based here in New Brighton in the Twin Cities. Uh, I, I know this because my son is curious about that particular firearm. He's been shopping around, and yep, sure enough, the DK Mag's price, very competitive with all of the shops he, uh, he's he been uh, checking. His old man, however, still slow on the draw and still pining for that Ruger Mark IV Lite 2245 with that 4.4-inch threaded barrel. Did you get that, Matthew? Yep. Uh, and I wanted uh, th- that screw-on suppressor to save my, deteriora- my deteriorating eyeballs, earballs. Me too. You're hearing. But uh, basically what I should just be saying is same deal with the price. Very competitive. Great selection. Competitive prices. The biggest collection of fun, friendly firearm aficionados in town working the counters and the phone. you got to check these guys out. Uh, if you're in the market, doesn't matter where you're coming from, Fergus to what I like to call Fairbolt. Uh, no distance, too far to travel. My favorite gun shop ever here in uh, Minnesota. As far as I'm concerned, it's the best. Check them out, please. They're part of the GL family, DK Mags in New Brighton, or and Monticello Pond and Gun in Cello. GLers uh, are brilliant, uh, including Craig and Brainerd, Craig Vensky. In regards to the statement made by the climatologist from Alaska, remember we talked about this, yeah. and he, he said, in a stable climate system... Without human intervention, 
Warm and cold anomalies would occur in relative balance. Then Craig writes, well, words have meaning, and those meanings are important, so I decided to look up the definition of some of the words to properly examine his statement. Stable, not likely to give way or overturn, firmly fixed. Anomaly, uh, something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. Balance, a condition in which different elements are equal or are in the correct proportions. Uh, my analysis of the statement in the GL talk is this. In our current Earth climate of four distinct seasons a year in most places on Earth, unseasonably warm or cold days would not happen if humans didn't exist. Not only is this statement factually absurd, as geological events like a supervolcano under Yellowstone erupting have a much larger short-term impact on climate than the slight impact climate hysterians blame on humans' use of fossil fuels, it's overall a statement that is not able to be proven as there is no Earth without humans to have a control group for scientific analysis. And if there were no humans on Earth, there would be no one to do the scientific study on the climate. The statement is nothing more than a view, verbal computer model showing how Earth climate might look in 50 years. He's brilliant. That's right. Words have meaning. And this this guy, and we talked to the guy. He was on an airplane. Right. We're going to talk to him in the future. He's uh, Brian. He, uh, Brett Schneider. Yep. And he said, in a stable, he's talking about the fact that it's warmer in Alaska than he wants it to be. Uh, in a stable climate system without human intervention, warm and cold anomalies would occur in relative balance. And it's absurd. It's absurd. It can't happen. Nope. It can't happen. So thank you, Greg. Thank you. And uh, uh, Dan writes, uh, you've alluded to this, but I've never really heard you say it. Climate change is completely and totally the fault of the United States. Once we all understand that, we're in sync. I've alluded to that before. <laughs> yes, it's it's yes. the United States that the U.N. is after. It's right. the United States that the Greta Thunbergs are after. It's the, it's the United States. It's not India or... It's not where they should Southeast be. Southeast Asia. Speaking or, of that, mm-hmm. uh, I saw a report this morning. John, forgive me if you have this coming up in your newscast, but I thought it would be worth mentioning. They have a they have a forecast of trends that will be happening in 2020. Oh, God help me. What? And the <laughs> most popular baby name predicted for 2020 oh, is Greta? going to be Greta. Really? And then they'll probably start to doodle it. Well, I don't have it with me. Uh, I will discuss it tomorrow. It's a very long story, and I only acquired it shortly before we began podcasting today, and that is uh, we're learning now in a long, long piece in the Daily Mail that uh, Greta's father was initially opposed to her activism, but then acknowledged that uh, it's probably saved her life from her deep despair and anxiety, and and that she was was on the verge of, of... possibly even doing harm to herself, and for some reason, this has saved her life. Uh, we'll explore that more tomorrow. Hmm. Oh, my. Yeah. I don't know how to feel. About how, I, how so? How well, so? again, I haven't had time. That's just, oh. I'm giving you a very well, synopsis. what's your job here? I mean, <laughs> what did I just We're a 25-page story that I just printed before, we, and yeah. you're the one bitching at me saying, I've been here since 5.30 a.m., <laughs> man. I ain't going to hang around here. <laughs> So I'm gonna, I'll go get it right now. We'll say, expand the show by another nah, hour. I'll read it to you. I don't Joe, think he's that interested. Joe wins this one, Kenny. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Anybody got a net? I got to get this fish on board. <laughs> really That's deep sea, man. That's deep sea. Get that hook out of my mouth. He hit hard on that one. Uh, I cut this out of the paper yesterday, and I'll ask you all a question mm-hmm. about it. Test time. 
This is a, a story from the Washington Post by Hannah Natanson. Dateline, Fairfax, Virginia. One of the nation's largest school districts will allow students time off to participate in protests. Oh, my. A novel policy that proponents argue is the only way to handle a wave of student activism roiling the nation. Starting Jan 27, January 27, Fairfax County Public Schools in Northern Virginia will permit students in 7th through 12th grades one excused absence each school year for loosely defined civic engagement activities. School system spokeswoman Lucy Caldwell said such activities might include marches, sit-ins, or trips to Richmond to lobby legislators, said Fairfax School Board member Ryan McElveen, who introduced the policy. Uh, Fairfax schools, whose approximately 188,000 students make it among the dozen largest school systems in the U.S., and the largest in Virginia is probably the first district in the nation to adopt this kind of rule, said experts who have studied student activism. When McElveen searched for model policies in the months before debuting his own, he could not find one. I think we're setting the stage here for the rest of the nation. It's a, it's a dawning of a new day in student activism, and school systems everywhere are going to have to be responsive to it. But he's faced backlash online from conservative critics who charge the policy as the latest instance of the left coddling its too liberal, too sensitive youth. Well, it's absolutely what it is. This is just more of the failed academy. Uh, and then it goes on to say, under the guidelines, students must fill out a form at least two days ahead of their planned absence that explains the reason they plan to miss school. But the teenagers do not need administrator sign-off, McElveen said. Although front office staff at each school, most likely an assistant principal, will glance over a student's request, school officials cannot veto it. Wow. There is no strong definition of a civic engagement activity, McElveen said, because I think we have to be careful not to pick and choose activities. All right, what's the first thing that occurs to you? You get to do it one one day a year. What's what's that going to lead to? Uh, more. This will be one a week. Right. Uh, <coughs> And it, it, this will be one a week, if the not one, more. The one thought I had is what's in, and I think you covered it there, they need something in place for guys like me and Matthew who will sign up for any protest right. to get out of school. <laughs> right. Like, well, I, like some them. way to prove your passion for this particular subject. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's all driven. Well, I, we can imagine We can imagine that this McKelvin has, has, has consumed all the climate Kool-Aid. And he's probably thinking we should let the kids out to, to protest. But it, it's it's utter nonsense because you know perfectly well that one time a year is not going to satisfy these brats. No, no not no. at all. They're no. too spoiled, too entitled. And they're going to say, well, you're giving them we won. i got to have another one next month because i got my climate protest coming up. There's the a Capitol. big one coming down. There's yeah. a big one coming up. i got to go. So well, you've always said what V as in V to them, S as in S. And what they're trying to break down is convention. Yeah. But this is going to be convention. This is the new convention. This is the new normal. This is the new normal. I don't know. This is the new normal. Oh, wait till the thinking hats in this state get a hold of this. Oh, God, yes. Oh, really? One a, yeah. one a year. This will give Melvin a chance to uh, hire another six people at hundred grand a year to monitor <laughs> right. protest activism. Yep. Don't think that wouldn't happen. He just got a new idea. Listen to the mayor. <laughs> don't think I won't, said Earl Weaver. <laughs> Why didn't you call the office, Earl? Don't think, think I, I won't. <laughs> right out of Laurel and Hardy. <laughs> Why don't we come back with Johnny Height, please? Height getting fogged. I didn't point. mean to do that. Oh. He's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. 
Joe Suchere. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Before we get to news, uh, let me tell you about Mancetti's Pizza and Pasta. This past weekend, I took care of that post-holiday thing where you're so sick of turkey and potatoes and dressing and everything. Stopped at Mancetti's, got a, a pizza for myself, a pizza for the kid. My wife had the spaghetti and meatballs, the, all that spaghetti and meatballs, by the way. Uh, it's all homemade. The meatballs they make there, they are delicious. Mm-hmm. They also yeah, also make all their own sauce. And uh, the pizzas, uh, well, you know, they're, they're about as good as you can get. I went for the sausage and green pepper this time around. Uh, it was delicious. Don't forget they have a Monday through Friday lunch buffet at Mancetti's. It's located, I should probably tell you this, uh, up on Round Lake Boulevard, one mile north of Highway 10, Round Lake and Bunker, right where Andover and Anoka are sort of put together, and you can get all kinds of meals up there. And like I said, everything is homemade up there. A lot of the pastas are baked, giving them a unique flavor that's uh, pretty good. Wine and beer and 1919 root beer on draft if you want to eat there. If you don't want to eat there, uh, just give them a buzz. They will deliver to your house, and uh, you can also just uh, stop in and pick it up, take it home. Uh, that's usually what we do. Half draft price. 19 and 19 root beer is worth the price yes, of admission right very. there. Very, very good stuff. Uh, great people. It's Greg and Rochelle Tigan. They're GLers. They've run that place for 34 years. Again, it's Mancetti's Pizza and Pasta, 3603 Round Lake Boulevard, just one mile north of Highway 10 on Round Lake and Bunker. Stop I, in there. I know we're doing a podcast, John, yeah. and it'll be of a little interest to people by the time they hear it, but... Are we supposed to get snow all through the day and into the night? That's correct, as I understand it. Uh, this is a space uh, management late, crisis late for GLers? Right? It's not going to be much accumulation. Not a crisis, four, but it's four kind of, to seven. Yeah, oh. no, it, it's looking like it's a space management deal. And yeah. we've got, boy, just glancing at the map, I'd say 20, 30 wrecks around town right really? now. Really? Yeah. I, I uh, stumbled upon something yesterday, John, that I must share with Kenny before yeah. we do your news. And the uh, Somehow I was watching the Weather Channel, and it was a heavy rig rescue up in Canada, mm-hmm. and and they got a term they use, that the, the truck, and he got all tied up and went in the rhubarb. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Only I, I gave it the wrong accident. It was a Canadian accident. Hey. Oh, he got tied up and went in the rhubarb. rhubarb well, rhubarb. never mind. Here's John Hyde. We understand, Joe. Yeah. We understand. Hey, before I do news, let me tell you about the Fret Club, too. I would have done uh, a tweet about it, but I didn't know how to spell rhubarb. Yeah, yeah and I, I threw some props at R-H-U. you on Twitter, and you completely... Yeah. Uh, I've been well, retweeting every Fret Club announcement. I, I, well, I have two Twitter accounts, and I always forget the one for the Fret Club. Well, and I stop my, that. My news one. So, But anyway, the Fret Club, I, I forgot to mention last week, it's a really good one, the, and it's gotten tons of response. It's Walter Becker, the late yeah. great Walter yeah. Becker. yeah. From Steely Dan. I really enjoyed uh, that one. Thank that you. Good. So did I. He I had a... Uh, you did fanboy out a few times? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you that. Well, you um, damn near fainted. Well, yeah. you know, yeah. that's, that's, my I was, ba- that's my band since I was 16. Come I was on. kind of embarrassed for you at a couple of points, but he seemed to handle it fine. Yeah. He I, did have a lot of snark in his delivery, oh, too. Oh, yeah. He's, uh, but, he's, but that was nice, because they were always known for just tearing apart music journalists in the 70s. It was he was great. Great to talk to. Well, that part though, where you asked him if you could come over, I thought that was. <laughs> I don't think I did. I don't. I'll bring I'll bring in cities. I noticed you're home alone tonight. Yeah. Do you mind if I stop by? <laughs> by the way, you find that at Fret Club via Twitter, or just go to the Garage Logic page and search more podcasts, and you can find it. Yep, exactly. Or podcastone.com. Uh, the Vikings will visit the New Orleans Saints in the first round of the NFL playoffs. The game is set for 12.05 kickoff our time on Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. The Vikings are the number six seed in the NFC. The Saints are the number three seed. Yes, uh, in the I, back. I'm, I'm struggling with something ideological. Uh-oh. 
It's a 16-game season. Yep. And yesterday they virtually admitted we don't give a bleep that you just paid oh, two hundred and fifty oh, bucks oh, here. We're gonna go through this. We're again. throwing this in the. They, we're throwing in the towel. They already shouted me down before. Did you the say show. the same thing? I don't like this attitude no. of we don't give a rat's ass about winning. You're here to kick ass right. and take names and win games. It's like the way we used to approach radio suits. We don't want to win a certain demographic. We don't want to win a certain format. We want to rule the earth. We want Boom. to own this town. Yeah, And, and these I, two dum-dums. I get it. I get that you're saving Dalvin Cook or hoping he gets better. I get that you're saving Cut. I get the whole premise. I've been as, I said I'm struggling with it ideologically. I, I've as been as big a critic of Kirk Cousins in, in his entire Vikings tenure. He needed more practice. If he gets hurt in yesterday's game... Your season's over. Well, you're, it's over anyway. I got news well, for you. Well, they're not going to beat New Orleans. No. Of course not. But no. I did. I shared this with Johnny yeah, earlier. No. Uh, a, a friend of mine's father went to his first game uh, and got those tickets as a Christmas <laughs> gift. And so he posted on social media, super pumped for the big game. And no one had the heart to tell him that virtually yeah. nobody was going to Well, how play. would you feel, Meathead? You used to be a season ticket holder. Hey, Zebulon, yeah. talking to you. <laughs> yeah. Minnesota well, how meets would, the uh, Mississippi. How would you feel... <laughs> He finally caught up. Thank you. How would you feel if you had paid good money and drug your family down there just to watch those guys stink it up? Uh, I Okay, a true purist Viking fan is going to say, I want them to do well in the playoffs, so I'll give them a game off. Uh, I would rather see everybody playing. Just playing. How it's that's what the game is. As you, a guy who monitors the secondary market, Kenny, I, I was a little disappointed with that, I'll say. <laughs> The t- anyway, the ticket market. Uh, oh yeah, I don't really have a oar in the water on this. I get why they did it. I just struggle sure. with it ideologically. And they yes. weren't they weren't the only team. There were other I teams know, doing I the know. same. Is thing Is that yesterday. professional? Though? It's a brutal game, though. It's just a brutal game. But that's what you're signing up for. Yeah. But is that is that professional to take your best and not have your best team out there? Seems like that's somewhat unprofessional. Let me ask you something. Would Bud Grant do that? Hell yes, if he thought he'd get another victory out yeah. of it. Oh, okay. Damn. okay. Well, that Damn didn't it. work. There goes that theory. <laughs> then I guess I'm with Bud. But but all kidding it. aside, yesterday I looked, you could have gotten into that game for less than 20 bucks. Wow. Yesterday morning. You'd have to pay me 200 to go. <laughs> yeah, I, like I said, I'll probably never be in that building. Uh, other The other NFL stuff for the playoffs, New England's fall into a wild card game has landed them in prime time. We're not worried about that, John. We're just going to move on. Patriots will host the Tennessee Titans next Saturday night in the second of the four weekend games. New England lost at home to Miami and Kansas City won, so New England slipped to the third AFC seed. The playoffs open Saturday, Buffalo at Houston, 335. Titans-Patriots at 7.15 at 3.40 on Sunday after the Vikings game. It's Seattle at Philadelphia. Anybody watch that Seattle Niners? I did. End of the game last Mm -hmm. night? Wow. One inch shy. That's New England's first. This is New England's first wild card appearance in 10 years. Yeah. That's how impressive their run has been. Uh, Now they're complete underdogs. (laughs) They were 12 and 4. Yeah. I know, but they're going to say we're, you know, we're geez, we're the underdog with the wild card. I, and I felt bad for the old Lions. Sorry to root against your team, John, but uh, the Lions are hapless. You knew they, they were going to find they're a way hapless. to blow it. Yeah, they're hapless. <laughs> the NFC number one seed, San Francisco, and number two uh, Packers have a bye in the AFC. Baltimore number one seed, number two seed, Kansas City have a bye this weekend. 
Lots of snow out there today. Saturday, though, there was lots of rain. And uh, if you tried to walk down your driveway, you know it was pretty treacherous, uh, treacherous walking. Hospitals across the Twin Cities reporting high rates of emergency room visits relating to fall injuries from those conditions. Methodist Hospital in St. Louis Park alone said about 120 people checked into the ER Saturday, all for fall injuries. That comprised about three-quarters of all their ER visits for the day. How'd you do, Joe? Did you stay upright? Yeah, I'm going to tell you a funny story, though. Tell you a funny story. Yes. I've gotten to know the guy who delivers the papers. Yep. He's a nice guy. Well, you wrote him a sign. Yeah, that that, that worked. You call him Buddy? No. Hey, Buddy. (laughs) And so Saturday in the ice storm, I knew he wasn't coming. Sure. Uh, and he never did the whole day. Yeah. So I, I went and got the papers. And then Sunday, I, I've given up on Sundays. I knew he wouldn't be there. So at about 9 o'clock, I met the local... Uh, you got yourself a slacker. Oh, this gets no better. Kidding. This gets better. <laughs> at 9 o'clock, uh, I go to the local SA. Are they still called SA? Yeah, or Freedom like or whatever that. the hell Super USA. And, and I got the Sunday papers. And I come up to the checkout. There's only one other guy in the store, and, and he didn't notice me. And I just caught it at the end. It was my guy, my paper guy. Oh. And he's, eating a hot do- he's eating a hot dog. He's got another hot dog to go. Nine o'clock in the morning, he's got two dogs going. And then I, I go out. I go outside. I go out in the park. I said, I, I, you know, if I would have thought quickly, I would have said, hey, Mike, it's me. I give me just give me my two papers now, and I wouldn't have had to purchase them. But I, it all it happened too quickly before I realized. Wait a minute, that's my guy. And then I got out there in this truck, and I saw all the papers piled up in the back. This and is 9 a.m.? 9 a.m., he's eating hot dogs. <laughs> and, and guess what time the papers got to my house? 1 p.m. 1 p.m. 11.30. Wow. And, and But he always, out of guilt, gives me a free Sunday New York Times, which is the only oh. way I would read the Sunday New York Times, because wow. I'm not going to buy it. Did you happen to see him when the papers arrived at 11.30? Because it would have been fun for you to drop, uh, you know, like, hey, you got a hot dog for right. me. No, I would have ran out him a said, wiener. Hey, you want another dog? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, one up, you know what would have been great if you would have approached him in the Freedom Gas Station or whatever it's called, and you would have said, hey, what's going on here? And he would have said, I'm on brick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From what? You haven't delivered a paper to my house for three days. But today, they were there before 8 o'clock. Did he give you Friday, Saturday, and no, Sunday? No, never did get those. Oh. Well, oh. I got Sunday yesterday. I got okay. Sunday. You got yeah. Sunday. So is that the sleep-in day or what? what I don't what's know protocol? what his de- I don't know what his deal is. Because he's always got two oh. excuses: one, either his truck can't get through the weather, sure, or the papers were late. Well, they're not late, pal. They're at the store. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> Find them in the store. Yeah. He's got two dogs going. Got two dogs going. <laughs> well, it's the middle of his workday, right? Or it should be anyway. Former St. Paul City Council President Bill Wilson died Saturday after battling an illness. He was 79. Wilson, the first African-American elected to the St. Paul City Council, according to the Historical Society here. He served on the council in the 80s and 90s. He was also a founder of Higher Ground Academy, a college prep charter school in St. Paul. Winston Churchill, compared to this current knucklehead we got as mayor. (laughs) (laughs) Governor Wendell Anderson appointed Wilson as commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Human Rights, uh, according to the Minnesota Historical Society. Congressman John Lewis of Georgia announcing Sunday he has stage four pancreatic cancer, vowing he'll stay in office and fight the disease. Lewis was a leader of the civil rights movement in the 1960s. He fought Jim Crow and discrimination in all forms. He was one of the original Freedom Riders and founding member of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, which organized sit-ins at segregated establishments and ran voter registration drives. In 1965, Lewis and a group of peaceful protesters were beaten by the Alabama state troopers as they marched across the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Lewis beaten so badly, his skull was fractured. Jeez. 
Uh, few, uh, Lewis has often feuded with President Trump, clashing over issues including civil rights and voting rights. In September, Lewis urged his colleagues to begin impeachment proceedings against the president, telling them, quote, the future of our democracy is at stake. Uh, at stake, excuse me. He boycotted Trump's inauguration after the president attacked the congressman and his congressional district via Twitter. He's also called Trump's presidency illegitimate because of the Russian government's clandestine campaign to sway the election in his favor. We lost Lee Mendelson. You know who Lee is? Yes. Yeah? Uh, he produced the Peanuts. He did, the Christmas, oh, the Christmas right. Charlie special. Brown Christmas in right. 1965. And he also wrote the lyrics to uh, something. Singing high voices. Christmas time, Christmas time is, is here. is here. <laughs> cheer. Fight for all the children, call their favorite time of year. You guys are awful. At least wow. I knew the lyrics. That was pretty good. What yeah. do you guys think of the passing of uh, Don Imus? Um, was he seven? What, did, what did you think of Don Imus? Well, I listened to radio for different reasons than most people, mm-hmm. and I loved the way he did the job. Mm-hmm. I really did. Yeah, real. Uh, you know, and, and I love a lot of radio guys like Tommy B. I love Bernard for the way he does the job. And people criticize these guys saying, well, he said this and he did this and he's just a bastard. But the, you're a fan of the craft. I, I yeah. love this gig. And Imus mm-hmm. was uh, one of the I best. I can't believe I'm about to say this. I 100% agree with Kenny. Yeah. And I, just I did so too. good. And it was all very calculated. He was very smart in what he was doing and the things he said and the publicity he, he got for those things. But his, he, he did say some bad things, but I agree with Kenny. I loved. He was on here on something called the Cafe for a couple of years. I yeah. listened every morning. Yep. Every Same morning. here. Joe, who was his newsman? Uh, McCord. Yeah, Charles, Charles McCord. McCord. Yeah. Yep. But, I think I think Charles McCord made the show. McCord. Yeah, was McCord. Was absolutely a, amazing. I'm just bouncing off of McCord, and that, I think McCord very stoic lent a degree of stability to yeah. the to the show. Yeah, and he really knew how to play that role. Thank you. Yeah, I do. Uh, I feel. <laughs> I do feel as if. I feel as if. No, I'm kind of your. You, you, what you do, what you do I, is provide it's nice. instability. It's nice. You're instable. Unstable. What a stable. What a stable. Should be in a stable. I'm really curious now. Oh, God. Do you know about uh, Imus, uh, Iman, and Howard feuding for years and years and years because they they work together? I'm really curious if Howard will step out of character and give Don props or if he's going to stick with the feud now that Don is gone. I think, uh, unlike Imus, I think Howard has really, really grown and expanded his talent right. and his craft. Right. He's become one of the greatest interviewers since well, Edward R. Murrow. Without a doubt. Um, but for a while, Howard's deal was, I own I own radio. I am radio. Right. I invented, I'm the king of all media. I invented yeah. this. And he never really gave props to like Don Imus or Steve Dahl in uh, Chicago or... Uh, there's there's a few or other me. guys. Or Joe right. Sushi. Yeah. Yeah. Never gave props to me. Or, a little, yeah. or uh, um, Don, what's his name? Uh, he ended up at WNBC uh, in, in uh, Washington, D.C. I forgot his name now. I you predict know. Howard will say nice things. I, that's going to be my prediction. Yeah. Do you, do you think? Even though he had, it, one of the most hilarious shows I've ever heard in my life was Howard and Robin 
carving up Imus on the occasion of Imus's retirement announcement. Oh, yeah. I, I had to stop the car because <laughs> Howard did a brilliant Imus, and, it was, and they were so vile and yeah. so cruel yeah. and so <laughs> profane and so hateful. It was so over the top that it worked. And, and Don was the same way with Howard. I mean, yep. Don said some pretty vile things about Howard. And uh, I, I just think that feud was just great for both of them. Oh, it was. I they think traded it was... being number one in the morning in New York. And, and that's what I really love about Bernard, uh, because when Howard came to town, he did that tactic to Tom Bernard. Bernard ignored it. Completely ignored it yeah. and ended up kicking Howard's ass. Right. Oh, kicked him out of town. It was just mm-hmm. amazing. And nobody ever talks about that with Tom Bernard. You know what the first thought I had when I heard Imus passed away? Mm. Vince always said, I had to say no to Imus because I got to go on GL. Yep. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. How about the picture over the weekend they kept showing when they all worked together? So it was Stern, Imus, Wolfman Jack, yep. and Soupy Sales all yeah. on the same yeah. station. Yeah. Wow. That's man. a pretty good lineup. I think the name I was looking for out of D.C. was Don Geron- uh, Geronimo, who initially started in uh, Detroit. Hmm. And I think he was also an influence on Howard. I think well, Howard started was Detroit, right, right. And I think that's and 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 Steve Dahl was nearby too. There, there's almost currently doing a podcast as well. Is he? Yeah, oh, yeah. Really? He's really good. There's a, a great uh, since you brought up McCord. There's a great uh, clip on YouTube. I listened to it, watched it over the weekend, uh, where Imus keeps he kept bringing up a book, uh, something about Richard Nixon. And McCord finally just went crazy because Imus kept saying, I won't bring it up again. They come back from a commercial, and McCord just starts screaming at him and screams for a really? minute. Really? It's hysterical. Oh, that's going to be it's good. All, Shut up already about the book. He said, you, know, <laughs> you and old I'm, man. And I'm just doing this. Right, right. I'm talking like this. I didn't know what it's going to be. It's a hysterical <laughs> clip, though. Very, very funny. I'm get my brother Fred a lot. He's off the ranch in New Mexico. My guess is it probably was also staged because it came back from a break. Well, let's not give away all of our secrets. Right. Good point. Uh, and and the, the one thing that bugged me on Twitter is nobody ever talked about all the charitable work that uh, yeah. Imus did off the air, which was, he did a lot for the kids and the cancer yeah, the and all, cancer all that stuff. And, yep. Yeah, yeah yep. but he, he didn't do himself any favors with the, the basketball. The Rutgers, Rutgers, uh, Rutgers basketball. No, and don't go thinking that Baylor. that wasn't part of the plan. Wasn't it Baylor? No, I don't think it was part it was of the plan. Yeah, I it think he Rutgers. blew it. Okay. Eh, you know. I think, I think he said it off the cuff at he, that point. He knew too, and I think he was deeply, deeply apologetic because he knew that yeah, was over the top. You, you know what it's like walking that line. I've where, never gotten that close to the line. But you have to be intriguing, and you have to keep people interested, and you've got to play a role. And but, but what he said was none of those things. Yeah, it was fairly vile. Yeah. yeah. But he said a lot of fairly vile things. He referred to some black female basketball players in a very uncharitable way, yes. in case you're yeah. not familiar with what we're talking about. And it, it, the result was a lot of publicity. And but he the also decline of his career and loss of a say. lot of sponsors. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's true. I, I, I had a little bit of got to be on my own. <laughs> and with this cowboy that's, hat That's the worst I miss in I know, I don't do it very well. you got to do it like You're this, doing so. someone. We just, we don't, just don't, don't know who. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a mystery. A squadron of drones flying over the Midwest every night for nearly two weeks have left both residents and officials wondering who's flying them and why. In the past week, three more rural counties have experienced nightly flyovers from the northeast quarter of Colorado to at least one county in neighboring Nebraska. 
Sheriffs in Lincoln, Washington, and Sedgwick County say their offices have been inundated with calls this week about the devices. While there has been no claim of responsibility, an abundance of theories have been offered, ranging from the work of a Mexican drug cartel to aliens from a far-off galaxy to the History Channel looking for long-lost cities or farmers looking to track cows. Sedgwick County Sheriff Carlton Britton is taking it all in stride, saying with a chuckle, Oh yeah, there's a lot of conspiracy theories floating around here right now. He admits to seeing the drones himself and said residents have been calling his office since about three weeks ago, reporting six to ten drones at a time. Similar calls have been received by officials in nearby Phillips County. Sheriffs say they have reached out to the FAA, and Elliott previously told the newspaper the Air Force has denied involvement. The FAA also told the Denver Post this week it had no information on the mystery flyers, neither did the Drug Enforcement Administration nor the U.S. Army Forces Command. Jim Beam fined 600 grand earlier this month after a warehouse fire in July sent a nearly 23-mile plume of alcohol into the Kentucky and Ohio rivers. Uh, that, of course, killed a lot of fish. But they well, died happily. <laughs> you beat me to it. <laughs> the distiller agreed to the fine in a December 6th order from the Kentucky Energy and Environmental Cabinet. According to the Courier-Journal, Jim Bean also will reimburse the state agency about $112,000. The fire in July was started when lightning hit a massive barrel warehouse near the Woodford-Franklin County line. The blaze sent flames shooting into the night sky that could be seen for miles, generated so much heat that fire truck lights melted. Okay, wait a minute here. Yeah, I'm, I'm going I'm, where, I'm, where I'm thinking. I, I'm pro-fish, and yeah. wouldn't that be called an act of God? Yeah. A lightning, that's not Jim Beam's yeah, fault that lightning hit a... They didn't go out there with a blowtorch to burn down their own barrel house. <laughs> right. Are they fighting it, John? No. In fact, uh, they paid the money, agreed to pay the Because they don't want the bad publicity. Well, um, what the hell? Lightning hit them. Yeah. A, a Beam spokesperson said, while we were able to minimize impacts to the surrounding environment and wildlife, we recognize the regrettable and unavoidable impacts of the incident and have been committed to doing what we can to restore the environment. That includes making payments to the state to compensate for time spent, resources utilized, and costs to supplement the local fish population. We're sorry, Mrs. Flipper. Flipper got out three times to go to the bathroom. (laughs) 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 What's that joke? Oh, Seamus was working at the Guinness distillery. Sure. And he fell in the vat and uh, ultimately drowned, and somebody had to go tell Mary. They appointed Johnny, and Johnny went to Mary's house and said, Oh, Mary, I'm so tired, so sad to have to tell you that that Seamus died today uh, at the factory. He Mm -hmm. fell into the vat, and and, uh, ultimately he drowned. And Mary said, Oh, tell me, did he go quick? Well, he did get out three times to take a leak. (laughs) 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 Be careful what you give the kids for Christmas. Uh, I've given up. (laughs) Nisa Lynn Parson shared on Facebook how her family's Christmas Day was memorable after her 12-year-old son used a magnifying glass he received as a present to... Start a fire. Light a bunch of things on fire. That a boy. Good kid. Parson said on the video, uh, Caden asked for a magnifying glass for Christmas. We thought, oh, great, he wants to go magnify things and investigate. Uh, no, he wanted to see if he can make fire with it, and he did. <laughs> so awesome. Caden's <laughs> dad, Justin Parson, told Fox 4 that on Christmas morning, when his son opened the magnifying glass, he reacted very happily. 
The other son in the background said, yay, now we can light stuff on fire. (laughs) On Christmas Day, it was very sunny there. 12-year-old and his two brothers went out to the driveway and burned a couple of holes in some newspaper. But after one of them dropped the now-burning newspaper, it ended up spreading to the front yard of their home in the Dallas suburb of McKinney. Uh, according to Parson, everything was under control until the boys came running into the house telling us the corner of the lawn was on fire and all the Christmas lights were melting. Jeez. <laughs> fire quickly spread, generating a cloud of smoke within minutes that one of the couple's sons said was as high as the tree. Family members rushed to get buckets of water and blankets, smothered the flames while turning the sprinkler on to prevent the flames from spreading to the neighbor's house. The blaze ended up scorching the front yard of the family home in addition to destroying all the Christmas lights out front. The family said they're grateful, though no major damage or injuries resulted. Uh, did we learn a lesson from this? Uh, Cadence uh, told Fox 4, yes, I shouldn't start any more fires. I witnessed the uh, various presents received by nine different kids, okay. and only one of them struck me as being a pretty nifty gift. And that was something put together by National Geographic that allows the kid to take out of the box what looks like a desert mountainous landscape, and you can extract fossils. You can dig for fossils oh, cool. and, and oh, find the fossils. Cool. Yeah. That sounds like the uh, game uh, Operation. Yeah. Operation, you pull yeah. out the rib. Yeah, yeah. yeah. same deal. Wasn't buzz, anything like that. Sounds exactly yeah. the same. A couple of dinosaur bones. It just yeah. doesn't buzz when you pull out the dinosaur right. bones. Yeah. Right. Must be an older <laughs> model. <laughs> we got the game Mousetrap. Oh, yeah. oh house, that's too. a fun one. Yeah, no. Dad tried setting that one up. What uh, time? Oh, <laughs> she was a little late. <laughs> Why is this stupid thing going down? That's In my right. house, Santa put a drum set together backwards one year. <laughs> <laughs> that's impo- how ca- That's not possible. It, it, that's why. <laughs> you, so. you, you wouldn't think so. <laughs> you wouldn't think so. <laughs> In Germany, they love their fireworks, but uh, there's a problem now. Concerns about? Climate change have prompted several major retailers to take fireworks off the shelves. The fireworks last for an hour, but we want to protect animals and have clean air 365 days a year, said Yuli Budnik, who runs several supermarkets in the Dortmund area that have stopped selling fireworks. One of the country's main DIY chains, Hornbach, last month announced it was too late to stop this year's order, but it would ban fireworks from 2020 on. Rival chain Bauhaus said it would be rethinking its fireworks offerings next year in view of the environment, while franchise owners of a string of Edeka supermarkets have already taken them out of the stores. Environmentalists are cheering the trend, which would once have been unthinkable in a country where revelers famously fired off huge amounts of pyrotechnics from their lawns and balconies every New Year's Eve. Caps a year marked by heightened climate awareness in Germany following massive Fridays for Future demonstrations, and a summer of record high temps and droughts. I want to clear up a misconception for you. Uh, too many people think Alfa Romeos cost hundred grand, maybe more. No, from for some collector Alphas from the 40s and 50s, that might be true. But the current line of Alfa Romeo, Julia's, and Stelvio's at uh, Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood, you, you, you surprise yourself. Go in and look at the prices of these Alfa Romeos. Uh, plus, I've said before, I, I love driving something that's interesting, something that has a history and something that has panache, and nothing can top Alfa Romeo. I love the Fiats. Um, that's uh, because Schmelz does VWs, Alfa Romeos, and Fiats, all interesting cars to drive. But I really want you to uh, surprise yourself and check out what a Alfa Romeo sedan or SUV costs. You're going to be very pleasantly survived. Plus, there's cash bonus now on Alphas through the end of the year, which means... 
what? One more day. It's SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com, Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen, one of the last true family-owned generation how, to generation to generation. How, how, how did you hook up with these? This seems like an unlikely pairing to me. Me and Alfred Romeo? Yeah, and Schmelz and the whole deal. No, because I love Italian cars. I love German cars. Uh, I I told you before, I go back to 1960 when my dad bought his VW Bug at a time when he and his buddies were buying VW Bugs from their buddy Schmelz because they thought it was a they thought it was a bit. They loved them, and then they ended up loving those vehicles, and it's been passed down uh, to me. So I've had two Volkswagens, at least two from uh, Schmelz and two Alfa Romeos. My current vehicle is from Schmelz. Right. It's one of the ones I've yeah. purchased. Yeah. yeah. I got ripped off when I bought... When I bought from you, <laughs> yeah. I got ripped off, okay? I didn't I get... From when I got it from Schmelz, I didn't deal. get ripped off. <laughs> yes. Schmelz uh, Countryside, it's at the uh, southeastern quadrant of Highway 36 and 61 in Maplewood. Here's a man who has trouble with technology. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. I've got one. He drives to work to check his emails. <laughs> Joe Suchere. <laughs> You're uh, aware of the unfortunate... Hold on. Hold I on. am. I'm aware of uh, a technology. place in Technology is oh. great, isn't it? Technology is wonderful. And if you go online to jackscafe.com, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com, you will find a website for a restaurant that for three generations has been providing wonderful ambiance, great food, wonderful conversation and cocktails. Jack's Cafe in Northeast Minneapolis. Currently, one of the great things they're doing right now is the GL Rookie Date Night VIP menu that you have to ask for. Ask the waiter or waitress to bring it out, and you can choose a couple for 99 bucks. You get a bottle of wine that you get to pick. You get a choice of four different entrees. And the food is fabulous. Ask for that menu. If you're booking your party for next year, maybe stop by there and have a, a delicious meal and then set up the holiday party or the family party. They can accommodate up to 300 people. They have the facilities for it. I want you to call them, 612-789-7297. Poke around, ask some questions. They'll tell you exactly how they cater. They're in 1920 University Avenue Northeast, right at 20th Avenue. And I'll tell you what, if you tell them the rookie sent you and you heard it on the podcast, you might get a look or two. Jackscafe.com, J-A-X-C-A-F-E.com. Uh, Mayor, I was doing a little math after reading about the horrible Drake fire in the Minneapolis paper. I see signs literally everywhere for $15 an hour jobs. I even see some for $20 and above for some warehouse jobs near my home in Hopkins. So we have uh, 15 bucks an hour. That's $31,200 a year. Now take that times two for the unmarried boyfriend who she chose to get pregnant with. And yes, having sex is a choice. Now we're at $62,400 a year. How in the world is $860 a month most of her rent when they should be at a minimum before taxes? That's $5,200 a month between the two of them. Am I missing many parts of the puzzle? I'm not trying to make the fire worse, but they throw in these stories that don't make sense. They've been there for 18 months. He's referring to Dominique Howell, 32 
who was displaced on Christmas and just discovered this week that she is pregnant, said that she and her boyfriend moved into the Drake a year and a half ago because they were told it was affordable and safe. She said there were cockroaches in the kitchen, mice that scratched and scurried in the walls at night, and water that ran brown from the faucets. The roof of the lobby leaked. Even so, Howell said she paid a monthly rent of $860 a month, which is most of what she earns as a cook at a local restaurant. Howell said she had been trying to find another apartment for more than a year, but had been repeatedly turned down because of her low income and poor credit score. I'm trying to, uh, maybe I missed something. I think Brant's trying to make the point that if they each made thirty-one grand a year, what are they doing living at the Drake? That's Isn't that the point, point he's trying to make? I think so. And that seems a little bit high, doesn't it? Eight hundred and sixty a month for a, for the Drake. It for the Drake, certainly does. Yeah. Was it subsidized or was it just outright rent? Uh, that's that's I don't know. I think what Brandt is arguing is that they could be doing much better than the Drake if they each even had just a fifteen dollar an hour job. They're at sixty-two grand a year. I didn't realize that they were charging rent. That's what I that, I didn't know that either. So the, so it necessarily it wasn't necessarily a homeless shelter. Oh, it, it definitely was. Well, then why was she paying eight hundred and sixty bucks a month in rent? And where's that money going? Whoever owns the Drake Hotel, I guess. I wonder if what you had to pay was based on your income. I don't know. So if you were, excuse me, on the street with no job and no chances of of a job, maybe you wouldn't have to pay. I don't know. I would hope not. I don't know. Because you wouldn't have it. Yeah, I don't know the circumstances. Bill Stein's trying to drive us crazy. He writes, yesterday a friend of mine posted this on her Facebook page. This New Year's Day, take the year of your birth... And add it to your age, and the answer will be 2019. No, it won't. Wait, what? This will not happen again for a thousand years. 19. Okay, say that again. Take the year of your birth uh, and add it to your age. Okay. And the answer will be 2019. Well, no kidding. This is the only year this will happen. No, it would have been the same thing last year. Every 100 years would happen, wouldn't it? No, no. I no. told you he's trying to drive us crazy. No, no, because last year last was the same thing. Last year would be the same Can I finish thing. his email? <laughs> no, because... May I, I finish the email? Yes. <laughs> of so, course I tried it, and it worked. But then I thought, wait a minute. This works every New Year's you, Day. Okay, sorry. It has to be New Year's Day, because by then, everyone has had their birthday for the year. Well, yeah, because if you say... You don't know the habit. Yeah, wait. Write down your birth date. Oh, God. Okay. Well... And then you're See? just adding your age, which is 51 years from my birthday. See, but it, that won't work on New Year's Day. What if your birthday is on? No, that would have it covered. But do you see what I'm saying? The length of time always works. Because you're saying, write down your birthday, now write your age. I have the answer. What year is this? I know what this is. This 2019. is 2019. Well, I did it, and it comes up 2019. Yeah. But, but on January 2nd. Won't it come up 2020, even though you're, or I come up 2019 still until your birthday? Okay. A simpler way to think about it is subtract your age from the present year and you will get the year you were born. That's what I'm saying. It works every time because you wrote down, for him, he wrote down what his, we're not all writing down the same birthday. We're writing down the year. It won't work on January 2nd. No, it's like this. You if a bat and a ball cost a dollar ten, I knew you <laughs> bastards were going to go there. <laughs> I don't know. Third base. Stein said, "I then remembered this post came from the same woman who once told the bank 
I can't be overdrawn. I still have checks in my checkbook. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks a lot, Billy. You got me thoroughly damaged here mathematically. This will work next year, you're saying? Yeah. Well, after your birthday, though, right? You could do it on New Year's Eve. You should do it on every New Year's Eve. Every year on New Year's Eve. And it'll always be the same. Is that what Bill, Billy said? Do it on New Year's Eve? Nope. No. He said do it and he said it has to be New Year's Day. Nope. Because there could New be year's people Eve. born on New Year's Day. Well then why does it work for us right now? And if you're born on New Year's Day, you're gonna get fifty dollars in your checking account thanks to the city of St. Paul. If Kenny, think That's about right. it. If you do it New Year on New Year's Day. I'm not confused, John. Don't oh. talk to Joe. Oh, I'm sorry. Joe's uh-uh. confused. No, I get it completely. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> just, just gotta lie to him. I, oh, just I get tell it. Him. No, it's uh, uh, you can figure it just out. Just tell him anything. Uh, Dear Mayor, attaches a news article I thought you would find interesting, if not ironic, the headline being, Landfill Begins Burying Non-Recyclable Wind Turbine Blades. Such a clear-cut case of windmilling has never been so ironic and amusing. Craig and Brainerd is from a site called Education News, and we learn that uh, waste management experts estimate they'll take hundreds of years to biodegrade. Hundreds of giant windmill blades are being shipped to a landfill in Wyoming to be buried because they simply can't be recycled. Local media reports several wind farms in the state are sending over 900 unreusable blades to the Casper Regional Landfill to be uh, buried. While 90% of old or decommissioned wind turbines, like the motor housing, can be refurbished or at least crushed, fiberglass windmill blades present a problem due to their size and strength. Our crushing equipment is not big enough to crush them, a landfill representative told NPR. Prior to burying the cumbersome, sometimes nearly 300-foot-long blades, the the landfill has to cut them up into smaller pieces on site and stack them in order to save space during transportation. To make matters worse, the blades aren't exactly compostable. The Casper Solid Waste Manager told Wyoming, Wyoming News Now they'll take hundreds of years to biodegrade. And if that's not bad enough, NPR reports researchers estimate the U.S. will soon have to grapple with over 720,000 tons of blades over the next 20 years, a figure that doesn't include newer, taller, higher-capacity versions. So uh, there's a little windmilling going on there, right? Let's come back with Johnny Height. I told you... Truth, justice, and the suture. What do you got, Johnny? Well, I'll tell uh, you what I got. Uh, what do you got? A hankering for meat. Oh, well, who doesn't? Huh? From Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market at the north end of Hugo on I, Highway 61. I cooked up my meatloaf this weekend, mm-hmm. and then I had the other half. I sliced it up oh, as a sandwich. So good. Oh. Uh, ketchup or mayo? Uh, olive oil. Okay. Mayo. How about choice bone-in and boneless prime rib roast, double smoked hams, choice tenderloin, smoked salmon, lamb chops and roast, pickled herring. Put this number in your phone, 651-426-2800. Maybe you want to call ahead and... How about this? Tell the gang at the uh, city desk there at Grunhofer's what you're going to be coming up after. City desk. Uh, Fondue. (laughs) That's a great 
place to get really good meat, Grunhofer's. Ribeye burgers, you. rookie burgers, 130 different flavors of lean pork brats that must be grilled. And, of course, GLers grill all year round, especially those of us in the royal order of the 21sters. You can't go wrong. This has become uh, the GL's greatest discovery of the last uh, 100 years. Is Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market on the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. I'm against fondue, by the way. No, I don't no, want to. I don't want to share the juice with everybody no, else. No, share the juice. Well, you gotta. You can't. Okay. You can't put your fork back in there if you've touched. That's it. what I mean. Yeah. I'm against fondue. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. You're like with it. family for you, crying out loud. You don't eat. You often. share the juice, Kenny. Yes, you do. Isn't it au jus? Yeah, that's for a uh, prime rib. Here's now. Johnny Hyde. Let's explain fondue to Kenny. One person is dead. <laughs> I should laugh. Well, set fun. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, start over, Jim. You know what? I, I equate fondue with orgies. It's like a 70s, like a 70s, it's a 70s thing. You've ruined my very I'll innocent never, family never have, fondue. I'll, I'll never have it again. No. And yeah. every time somebody says fondue, I get all creeped out yeah. and, and weird, weirded out. Are, are, are you my mom? What's going on here? Just, I'm, I'm disinviting you over to the family fondue. Uh, Where are my parents uh, at? Well, why are you here? Kenny's going to show up for the fondue party in leather chaps. What's up? <laughs> Never <laughs> seen this? What are you doing with that melted cheese? Yeah. John, just, will you do the news? I am, but I'm going to skip a couple stories here because, you know. American Volkswagen is raising the bar for its plunge into battery-powered cars saying it'll reach its goal of 1 million electric cars per year, two years earlier than planned. That announcement comes as European automakers are under pressure to meet lower emissions limits aimed at fighting global warming. The Wolfsburg-based automaker said its core Volkswagen brand would turn out a million battery-only cars by the end of 2023 instead of the end of 2025. They say now by the end of 2025, they hope to reach 1.5 million. Don't worry, this room is soundproof. You can't hear anybody out there. Okay. Listen. Yeah, I don't hear. Okay. We're We're good. Good. I don't hear. One person is dead, another in custody after <sighs> a stabbing. I was and a, just in a meeting. What did you just tell me? I'm sorry. I'm and, sorry. Then, and then I skipped this story. It's, because it's, it's a fine yeah. line, isn't it, Joe? It really it's is. the only one being good. One person is dead, another is in custody after a stabbing and motor vehicle crash Sunday morning in Minneapolis. This is a bit of a strange story. Minneapolis police said officers responded to an altercation on the 500 block of South 8th Street at about 11.10 on Sunday morning. Officers found a man in his 40s had been hit by a vehicle. The driver of the vehicle, also in his 40s, appeared to have a stab wound. Those two, along with a third person who suffered minor injuries from the crash, all transported to Hennepin County Medical Center by ambulance. This is why earlier, Joe, I asked you what time your crew rolled out of downtown, Mm because there was a few uh, issues. Well, this was uh, 11, 11 o'clock in the morning. In the morning. Scan board. No, there was an. I thought this was in reference to the one I was discussing off the air earlier because no, there was a fight. Eleven in the morning. I missed that part. I'm sorry, John. Okay. Through interviews. Well, I'm just telling you, downtown's a complete. You know what show? Yep. It's awful. <laughs> Interviews and video, investigators determined one of the men stabbed the other, then fled on foot. The stabbing victim then got into the SUV and drove over the man. The driver was arrested on probable cause murder. The identity of the deceased man will be released after the Hennepin County Medical Examiner determines the cause of death. This is the 47th homicide in Minneapolis in 2019. So the guy that was run over survived. But was <coughs> no injured. No, no he died. Opposite. Oh, he was okay. The guy who got stabbed was the guy driving. He survived. And he ran over a guy, and he ran, and over, he the ran over the guy who died. Okay. You had to get yourself a dash cam, so uh, oh. yeah, you can have evidence of this. 
Handwritten journals containing references to Jews and anti-Semitism were found in the home of that man charged with federal hate crimes Monday in the stabbing of five people celebrating Hanukkah in a rabbi's house north of New York City. 37-year-old Grafton E. Thomas, expected to appear in federal court in White Plains Monday afternoon, faced five counts of obstructing the free exercise of religious beliefs by attempting to kill with a dangerous weapon and causing injuries. The attack on the seventh night of Hanukkah occurred amid a series of violent attacks targeting Jews in the region that have led to increased security, particularly around religious gatherings. Too bad somebody wasn't there with a gun like the FBI right, guy. Right. I'd like to see some rabbis packing. Huh? Yeah. The uh, budget airline, EasyJet, oh, is, yeah. is encouraging its employees to address customers with gender-neutral language. <sighs> When's it, the last time you flew EasyJet? I won't now, nor, nor would I have, because I don't like that name, EasyJet. I want it to be most expensive jet. <laughs> Very hard to on our mechanics jet. Right. So instead of opening with ladies and gentlemen, you'd open with something more friendly and inclusive. Hi, uh, they. According to the airline. How about hi, y'all? EasyJet is encouraging the employees to address customers with the more gender-inclusive language. Last week, reports surfaced the company recently instructed flight crews to instead say, welcome, everyone. In a bid to foster a more inclusive... Oh, that's not... That's how, about, not a, how about senior airlines? Here we are! <laughs> that's even better. Here we are! <laughs> there you go. Uh, this is not going over well uh, with some folks. Uh, according to a tweet, Dear EasyJet, are you in some kind of competition to see how many times you can reinforce gender binaries, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? In reply, an airline representative named Hannah... Uh, told Dr. Andy Fugard of the University of London that the carrier has a zero-tolerance policy for discrimination. Do do I even open this can of worms, though, to start? Because you're pandering. That's all this is. Just fix your damn planes and make sure they're safe and stay out of the political business. Am I the only person on the planet that couldn't care less what you call me? I never have. I'm one of those three-named dorks. You can pick Kenny, Ken, or Kenneth. And I couldn't care less. Oh. You can call me jackass. I call you he? Dumbass. Dumb, dumb. I like dummy. I really don't care what you call me, and I, I really don't understand people who, who do care. I, I don't get it. I don't know. All I could think of while you are doing that was, well, you can call me Ray. Yeah, you exactly. You can call me Ray J. Exactly. You can call me Mr. Johnson. <laughs> but there's a lot of guys who are like that with their name, like the, like Matt. It would be, uh, don't call me Matt, call me Matthew. Yes, or a uh, uh, Peter, don't call me Pete, call me Peter. That, right. And I just yeah. never I never understood yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, in related headlines, Air Canada also nixed its traditional ladies and gentlemen greeting for the new ter- uh, gender-neutral term, everybody, in October. And last week, American Airlines introduced non-binary booking options for customers. Why are we just, what are we doing? I'm for, sorry I gave you that story, John. Are you? I'm, I'm sorry, it kind of brought everybody down. Yeah, it really yeah. did. Local authorities in the Siberian city of Novosibirsk have defended their opening of a new ice rink in the city against criticism that from the air it looks like a giant... Uh, swimsuit area? Uh, swimsuit area. Male swimsuit area. Yeah. Officials opened the ice rink last Friday in front of Novosibirsk's opera and ballet Wait, theater. how do you have an ice rink that looks like that? It uh, It's shaped like this, Chris. I'll draw you a picture. Like that. Ah, yeah. Okay. Uh, social media users immediately... Is that a really small ice rink? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's cold. 
Social media users immediately compared aerial drone pictures of the... Come on down to Melancholy Park. (laughs) (laughs) Which is topped by a Christmas tree with a swimsuit aerial. Let me me ask you something. All right, Chad, you're the newsman. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, From the ground, does this look disturbing in any way? No, not really. You'd have to walk around it and figure it in your head. This is ridiculous. So what's a drone looking at this thing for? Get them out of here. Okay, well, uh, the vice mayor of the town, though, had an interesting reply when she saw the Facebook criticism. Uh, She said, quote, real art should be arousing. Uh, I don't know. Good one. Yeah. Here we go. Did you find a picture? Did you find a picture of it there, uh, Sporty? How's she look there, Squints? Looks like a jet plane to me. (laughs) I see a plane. Hmm. Uh, See, my mind's never in the gutter. I see an airplane. Seriously, doesn't that look like uh, the fuselage with the tail wings? If an airplane looked phallic. (laughs) (laughs) And it looks kind of like mine. It looks like a jet almost. Thank you. That's what I said. It looks like one of the space shuttles. It does. It looks like a space shuttle. Exactly. So this is even more of a non-story because some fool had to come up with this. It's blue. Do you want to see it turn purple? Move on. (laughs) Move on, John. That's not a story. Tear that up. Oh, tear it up. Throw it away. This is your last yeah, story. Yeah, last yeah. one? This is your last one. A strip club in Las Vegas has oh, <laughs> come gosh. under fire for providing hundreds of homeless people with tents branded with its logo. I think this is a good thing. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. One, one mom who wished to remain anonymous complained that the tents from Deja Vu showgirls were immoral and disgusting, adding that she was taken aback when she saw the tents on Bonanza Road. She said it caused her kids to ask about the establishment. So once again, here we have... One person complaining. One person. Deja vu showgirls. I I, I wonder how outraged she was about the rampant drug use and everything else that goes on in the homeless (laughs) shelter. Uh, Thankfully, deja vu didn't give in. They condemned the woman's position on their social media account, saying it's a sad day when a strip club shows more humanity than one angry mother. Exactly right. In a statement to KTNV, the company shared that the decision was in response to a recent ordinance passed by the city that will make it illegal for homeless people to sleep in public spaces if uh, there is space at a local shelter. Uh, They said, while some people seem to think the solution is a camping ban, we think the solution is one that includes decency and kindness. Megan Schwartz, affiliated with Deja Vu, called the ordinance unfortunate. Schwartz said the company routinely helps out around the community, but it struggles uh, given the nature of its business. She expressed gratitude that all the well wishes the company has received after this woman complained. Are they a chain? Yeah. They must be, huh? Because I was going to go to their website, but I've decided that maybe I shouldn't go to their website. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think you should. Yeah. I was at Frats over the weekend. <laughs> What'd you get? Uh, they have a special kind of light bulb that I always need. Ah. And uh, you know what? I was really eyeballing a two-stage snow snowblower. I only have a one-stage. Really? And I don't have a two-stage because of a, there's uneven brick in the driveway, and I'm under the impression that the auger would chew that up. No, they've got pads. Those auger, the, the auger w- will not touch the ground really? on a two-stage. Yeah. Really? No, that's that's only a single-stage deal where the auger pulls you along. That's not the case with a two-stage. Oh, it, they'll never they'll never touch the well, ground. I'm going back and maybe get there. One. You go. You got to make but your purchase. But the bottom of the pan or whatever, you know, that's steel, and yeah. it 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 might. Yeah. Well, but my single stage doesn't cause a problem because that paddle's rubber. Yeah, it's got rubber on the paddles. Right. Yep. Right. Well, in any event, they got all that stuff. At, they got technology and stuff yes, at, they got, uh, they at Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. Mm-hmm. Well, we're, we'll do another show today, uh, tomorrow, mm-hmm. to uh, to conclude the uh, the decade and the year. 
You got a new Fret Club out? Uh, Fret Club with Walter Becker. Yeah, just go to podcastone.com or to the GL page to uh, more podcasts. Beautiful. I've got a new uh, table talk with Rookie's Family out as well. can be found on Podcast One. If you want to see some or listen to some GL that you uh, need to, you got some free time, you want to catch up on some podcasts, go to garagelogic.com or get your gear. Why not? Why not get your gear? Garage Logic gear. Click on the button at garagelogic.com and you'll be good to go. You might get it by next Christmas. Riff our own.